Nikki Baez and JC. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Another amazing episode of HR Talk. I'm JC, your co-captain of the cruise ship SS Baez, sailing our way in to the port of HR Talkings. And uh, up on the bridge, the man, the myth, the legend, the robotic guy, some call him Data, Ricky Baez. Nobody called me Data. No, you're more like a Captain Riker kind of guy with that beard. Look at that beard. An amazing beard on this man. If you can't see it because you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, because there is no video version of the podcast, we, we're, we're not doing that. Stop by stop by his Instagram and check out the amazing beard on this man. I'm telling you. Amazing beard, beard on Ricky Baez. <laughs> How are you, man? I, I survived. I survived Hurricane Elsa. Yeah. And she was not as big of a threat as people made it out to be last week. No, you let it go. That's <laughs> ah, the 20,000th time I've heard that in a week. <laughs> you know what? You know what, JC? I take that back because I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, just mess and poke the bear with Mother Nature. Yes, you scared us with Elsa. She came and left. Fine, good. I don't want any other one because if this year is going to be as berserk as last year and the year before, I just don't want back to back to back hurricanes like we had in two thousand three, two thousand four. So, Dude, yeah. Even if you think back to like last, what was it last year during hurricane season? Last year, or the year prior. Uh, wasn't it Central Florida? Like the water table started coming up so high. Like everyone talked about storm surge, storm surge, storm surge. Yeah. And then next thing you know, it was just a raise of the water table. It wasn't coming in from the ocean, like over the beach and through the land like a tidal wave. It was coming from below. That's right. And then like everyone started developing these rivers and lakes and streams. And the land of a thousand lakes was the land of 10,000 lakes. And, it, and the water just kept rising higher and higher. Some thought... During that occurrence, Rick, the Florida was sinking. Did you know that? No, I did not know yeah. that. Some people were claiming, and this was just, you know, stories on the Internet. And, of course, everything on the Internet is true. But they were like, there's so much construction. Florida's sinking. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason It was the why. water table. Yeah, the water table is getting yeah, higher. It, you know. it was the water table getting higher. A lot of people, more people buying jet skis than before because of that. I'm just kidding. I have no idea. But yeah, it, it's a. Uh, but you know what? Where where I'm at, it's I am right in the border of a flood zone. Really? And yes. Yeah, so when I built my house, I had to argue with the insurance company what's, because they. What is, what's the flood zone? The airport? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. What I mean, you know how they got like on a map, they got those lines that this is flood zone, this yeah. is not flood zone, and I'm on the border. And the insurance company wanted to charge me much higher rate because of that, and I'm like, zoom in. Zoom in, two fingers pinch, zoom in, zoom in. I'm literally 500 feet away from it. Ooh. 500 feet away from it, yeah. And they wanted to charge me if I was right inside of it. So, no, yeah, about a year fighting, they finally caved in. Hey, you didn't uh, you didn't get the job, but you were right close to getting it, so come on. Yeah, you're hired. <laughs> we'll onboard three people instead. <laughs> you're hired, come on board, and we're not going to pay you. You'll be the really, really overqualified intern. There it is. Boom, there, you there it is. Man, there, hey, we've had those. On this program, quite a bit. <laughs> we have quite a bit. Um, yeah, it's uh, Dave was the latest one. We stopped. We paused it for a little bit. What are you doing? What's happening here? What happened? Why's the music coming on? I was just giving you background music for your story. Oh, 
Dude, okay, so I'm like Anchorman, right? If you play familiar music, excuse me, whether the show's starting or ending, then I'm going to pause, okay? No, so um, I do got to reach out to to a Dave again. Dude, he disappeared into the mountains of Tennessee, and he never resurfaced again. Have you seen? Have you, have you talked to him or no? No, I, I haven't. Last I knew, he went uh, kayaking with his dog, and then that right? was it. I, I never heard from him again. Me neither. So I text him. He texts me back like two days later. I called him again and we started texting back and forth. But when I'm like, hey, are you back in town? <laughs> Completely dark. He's like, I'm kayaking. And that's it. So, hey, I got man. a question for you real quick yeah. before you pull that clip up that you're about to talk about. Um, I had a great conversation with someone the other day and and they mentioned an author. And they, they started talking about this author, um, Jack... I think the last name was like Crandy or, or Crana. I, I, I don't know. When okay. when they said the name, I thought they said Jack Handy. So, of course, I had to stop the conversation briefly. I'm like, whoa, you know Jack Handy? Like, I didn't think Jack Handy was a real individual. They're like, who's okay. Jack Handy? I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Don't, don't you remember the skits from the 90s on SNL? Deep Thoughts with Jack Handy. It takes a big man to cry, but it takes a bigger man to laugh at that man. Like, <laughs> like Deep Thoughts with Jack Handy. You don't remember this skit I do not, either? No, I don't. I felt like I was going through the Matrix, and I feel like I'm going through it now, like I'm in an alternate reality. Ladies and gentlemen, anyone effect. listening to the program, if you remember who Jack Handy was from the SNL skits, uh, skits chime in on the show, you know, uh, drop into the... Uh, social medias or whatever it's it's i i can't believe i'm the only one that remembers that bias i'm sure there's other people out there that remember that remember it too does this not qualify as the mandela effect no no no, no. it would have to be a large swath of people and as of right now it's only two that i know of that don't remember the jack handy skid on well, SNL. That's, how it that's how it starts so okay I, I i guess <laughs> i guess that's how it starts right yeah hey um so- yeah, we have our TikTok roundup. We've got some current events. We've we've got a lot going on. Where do you want to start today, Rick? So, dude, here here's where I I want to start. I don't know if you saw in the news this past couple of weeks, but TikTok. Well, everybody knows that we're a big fan of TikTok, and TikTok is our technical Google, and we go there to find news clips, entertainment, even Florida man stories. But now, uh, TikTok is trying to be a little bit more serious. Because now they're dabbling into the employment space. And what I mean by that is that TikTok released in the past couple of weeks um, a thing called just resumes, resumes with TikTok. So they want to help uh, TikTokers um, who have an account, obviously, to find a job via video resumes. All right. I'm going to grab the article that you sent me right here. Let's get through a little bit of it while I'm getting that pulled up. I know there's a couple of videos on that page that you could reference to if you want to get those ready, but find a job with TikTok resumes. So TikTok, it's the entertainment platform. It's powered by a community that's fueling culture. I mean, they really are changing the shape of things. A lot of people don't even go on the Facebookings anymore unless you're trying to find a safer version of Craigslist to purchase things. I mean, Facebook's wow. really good at that in their marketplace, and there's no TikTok marketplace yet. I'm kind of okay with that, though. So TikTok creators, yeah. on uh, they're redefining entertainment. Let it be from film to sports, fashion, music, lifestyle, workplace, and more. Now, the focus on workplace here, 
when we talk about a rise in career and job-related content, creative content, TikTok firmly believes that there's an opportunity to bring more value to people's experience with TikTokie by enhancing the ulti- uh, the utility of the platform as a channel for, believe it or not, just like Ricky said, they're stating recruitment. Short creative videos combined with TikTokie's easy-to-use built-in creation tools have an organically created new way to discover talent and, and talented candidates, amazing people, very big people, the best people all over the place for career opportunities. Now, when we circle back and we think about this from the big perspective, TikTok resumes as a pilot program, it was designed to continue expanding and enhancing the TikTokie as a new channel for recruitment and job discovery. They're specifically teaming up, Rick, with certain companies, very special companies, and inviting job seekers to apply for entry level to experience positions with some of the world's most sought-after employers. Chipotle, Target, WWE. Hey, we got kicked out of their training facility once. Elo Yoga, Shopify, Contra, Movers and Shakers, and many, 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 and many more. And they're doing it with a video TikTok resume. Interesting candidates, you're encouraged to creatively and authentically showcase your skill sets and experiences or what you could do crazy with your body, depending on who you're applying to, right? <laughs> And use TikTok resumes in your caption when publishing the video resume to TikTok. So there's a couple of videos on that page. Do you have any of that available, Mr. Baez? I do, yeah, I do actually. Um, see, I could have read the article as well, but thank you for reading it. I appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, so I've got the uh, I've got one I like, video. Here. I like have one job here. <laughs> and you spent three hours trying to fix the rig. I know that's messed up, man. But you know what is working? I'm happy to see the ladder of success in the back. Is still there, but look. Here is the uh, here's an example of a TikTok resume. Check it out. Calling all recruiters. These are the reasons why you should hire me. Hi, everybody. My name is McKenna, and I am a communication student at the University of Washington, Seattle. I'm driven with confidence. I love keeping organized. I'm adaptive, and I'm a team player. First, I'm really experienced in social media management and content creation, and I'm also looking to pursue a career in the public relations and social media field. Outside of school for two years now, I've been working with local businesses to uplift their strategy and their content creation. Here's one example of a business that I create content for. I'm extremely driven and created my very own internship at this nonprofit in Seattle, where I work with the business development team to create content. Past semester, I worked with TikTok as a TikTok representative for my school. Through this position, I was able to learn new ways of communicating and engaging with online communities. I also run a food blog that highlights different restaurants in my area, and here are a list of brands I've worked with. My true passion is communication, and I can't wait to work with you. Let's get in touch. Okay. <laughs> now, so, now, some recruiters would hear that and said, wow, she used a ton of buzzwords and described nothing that she's done. While other people would see that and be like, wow, that's creative. That's spot on. That's perfect. I really dig this human. Well, if she's looking to st- to step into the marketing space, she did the exact same thing that they're looking for. Exactly. And when she explains something, she steps out of the frame. And you know how in TikTok you can put graphics up and green screens and different texts um, uh, over the, the video. That's exactly what she did. So, dude, let me tell you. At first, I'm thinking, what a horrible idea just because of wow, how TikTok has, has, has developed into what it is today. But now after seeing that video, this is going to be a game changer. It is. It really is going to be a game changer. 
um, I was talking to uh, to uh, somebody about this last week to see what they thought about it. And they're like, ah, yeah, but, you know, you've got way too many people on there who do all kinds of crazy stuff. And I'm thinking, well, the ones who do all kinds of crazy stuff, most of them are influencers and make a lot of money anyway. So they don't need resumes. Yeah, well, most of them, else. most of them are burnt out from their employer anyways, too. So this could be good for them, you know. That's probably why people are leaving in droves. TikTok resumes can be found in the app through hashtag TikTok resumes. And at TikTokResumes.com, candidates are invited to peruse job listings that are already posted out there. Examples of standout TikTok video resumes, profiles of creators, and uh, those who create career or job-related content. To submit videos for posted jobs, it's very easy. Just a couple button clicks along the way, and the webpage will be accessible through a number of entry points, including the TikTok Discover page. The program is officially accepting video resumes for U.S. job openings from July 7th through July 31st, and then they will not accept them. We'll see what happens after that. To inspire creativity and provide some ultimate career pro tips for TikTok resumes, career advice content creator at One Salting will be going live July 7th, which already passed, to talk a <laughs> little bit more about it. So they're they're right in the heat of it. They're in the thick of it. There's a lot going on with it. The, the TikTok resume thing is going to take off a little bit further. I, I don't know if the uh, program accepting video, video resumes for U.S. job openings Statement was maybe more so to work specifically for TikTok in the U.S., taking care of some of the video marketing and whatnot. I, I got to say, check it out at least, right? No, I, Yes, it's. I like the idea. Um, a lot of HR people are a little bit worried because they're afraid that this – and, and, and this is the scene gripe I heard uh, a couple of years ago when people started putting pictures on resumes. Um, it, it's uh, People are worried that it might create an un unintended bias in a selection process because they might see somebody's face or somebody's ethnicity and might make a decision um, on whether to hire or not hire somebody based on something that's illegal, which I mean, I, yes, I guess that could be a concern, but it's no different of a concern than somebody walking into an office for an interview. <laughs> yeah, because if you walk into an interview, you could see the person anyway. So could you not have that same concern during an interview? So how is that any different during the resume process? So I don't see that as being an issue at all. Um, I, I like it because it it, it puts people's um, skill set out there, especially for somebody who's in marketing or somebody who is uh, a graphic designer, and they can go ahead and put their portfolio right there in, in less than a minute. So I think it's a great idea. Um, it's going to hit some bumps in the road, and I'm sure somebody's going to sue somebody because um, they didn't get a job because they think they were racially profiled because of a video, which, again, I don't see any difference on it if you're in the same office conducting an interview. But we'll see. But I like the idea, and I, I, I really think it's going to gain some traction in the next few years. Now, with that said, JC, if you're if you are looking for a job and you're not an influencer and making millions of dollars on TikTok or any other social media platform, but you frequent TikTok quite a bit, um, if you are going to use TikTok as a uh, as a uh, uh, resume, clean up every other video you've had on there. Because if you're someone like me and if and if I see that video, I'm going to click on the profile and I'm going to look at any other videos that you have. 
And if you're twerking left and right or doing all kinds of smoking weed, smoking crack, doing all these crazy things on TikTok, then you might want to take that down. Because if I'm going to look at the profile after watching your video resume, I'm pretty sure other HR professionals will do the same thing as well. So if you're thinking about going this route, uh, do what JC and I have talked about before, and that's sanitizing your tech, your social media profile. Because um, whatever you put out there for other people to see, other people are literally going to see it. And you don't want um, uh, a, a recruiter to make a decision on you whether you can uh, hop on board to that organization or not just based on how hard you party and all kind of crazy things that you've done in the past. Remember, folks, that in itself is not illegal. On the Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, that, does, that, that is not on there as far as whether you can or cannot be hired uh, based on those things. Unless, of course, race, religion, and stuff like that comes about. But, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's really interesting, and I'm excited to see how many of these I see in the next couple of uh, years. We'll see. TikTok. That's what it is. The big Chinese threat. I'll tell you something. The... Um Industry doesn't always move at the same pace as culture, right? I mean, we, we could agree to that. I mean, sometimes society and culture moves forward and advances a lot faster than what an organization may desire to do. We're, we're seeing that right now as people are heading back to the office or not heading back to the office or that entire debate about stay remote, don't stay remote, come to the office, don't come to the office, hybrid, not hybrid, blah, blah, blah. A lot of people seem eager and ready to advance and move forward and, and be in a advanced technological space. Mm-hmm. A lot of employers don't seem like they're 100% ready for it, where they their culture within their organization may lean a bit more towards still being in person a lot more. It might take longer for them to embrace it. Maybe they're right. going through a, a culture change or whatever the situation is. One could also say the same with the video resume portal and portion of things. We've seen a large expansion of remote hires. We've seen a large expansion of people looking for jobs outside their standard radius. I mean, geez, Google was was pushing the word uh, out to their employees. Yeah, you could go work from anywhere. Well, no, actually, stay here. Actually, the senior (laughs) VP is going to move to New Zealand, but all of you stay in the Bay Area. And it was just uh-huh. this constant role that just the the people are ready. Society is ready, but the employer wasn't specifically ready. When we talk about TikTok resumes, we're also thinking about employers that might be on the tip of the spear. They're on the cutting edge. They, they might be a little bit more in tune with different social aspects because it fits their business model a little bit more than maybe a, a another business does. Okay. Others might be slow to take to it. Let's move away from TikTok for a second. Video resumes in general. Is that something that you've come across a lot, say, over the past five to ten years in recruiting? Video? No. no it, it's Maybe I've seen one in five years. In the past three years, I've seen pictures on resumes. That I have seen. But videos, Polar- no, Polaroids taped to the inside of a binder and notebook, <laughs> just mailed to you with <laughs> with in their, a trapper. Keeper? Yeah, 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 and a trapper keeper with their cologne all over the paper. <laughs> right? Yeah. 
No, yeah, it's uh, what's it going to take? What's it going to take for an employer to roll the dice and say, you know what, this TikTok video resume thing makes sense. And instead of using TikTok, let's open up a portion of our employer based portal to where we can now upload some videos directly to the HRS system or onboarding platform that's fully integrated. and, And now I'm storing them in a secure space. Well, here's the thing. Here's here's where these organizations that you mentioned in the article that that, that are piloting this, here's here's where they have an amazing opportunity to just ride on the court ta- uh, of the coattails of this of this big thing that's happening right now, right? So so here's the thing. If I was one of those organizations, I'll partner with them as an HR pro consultant, whatever the case may be, and just tell them, look, put out an release that says from now on, we are going to accept these kinds of resumes not only but we are going to accept them because if we accept them and then we have some rules and processes in place that way we don't violate any kind of of employment and labor laws then we're going to come out in the news i can't believe this organization is accepting this they're going to talk about us to be some pros there be some cons but the organization is going to be in the news and they're going to get some some free marketing so, yeah, absolutely put it on there. And then when it goes big in four or five years, they're going to look back at the organization as the one who spearheaded the whole notion of video resumes. So that's exactly what I would do. And hopefully one of these organizations would actually lead that charge. Aren't you tired of it? Aren't you tired of all of it? Of what? All of it. Your job. Do you ever get tired of it? Sometimes, yeah. Everybody does. Everybody gets tired every now and then. I mean, when you think about the vast amount of resumes that you've gone through, you think about all the discussions about what you're looking for and and what you look to find in a candidate and always telling people, hey, do it this way, do it that way, do it this way, do it that. I mean, not so much for you. I mean, I know you personally. Like, personally, I can honestly say, knowing your style, knowing the fact that you are a human and not just a, yeah, you're not a computer that's just running an algo like you're an actual human. Like you algo <laughs> algorithm. Yeah. Algo. You've I never know. heard that. Oh, I've heard algorithm. Yeah. But you sound like a valley girl or, or valley dude. Yeah, dude. Talking. <laughs> algos. algos will get you at the but end the of the algo day. For that. Lord, man. And dude, you could totally beat the algo and like make it in. But at the end of the day, like but you still, you, you still have to talk to a human. You have to figure it out. That's right. How are you going to use AI in a video resume to meet the qualifications of the words? Okay, well, maybe the AI is going to transcribe the speech to text. Now the text is going to be scanned and, and, and reviewed for keywords and bullet points. Now you get to gauge the emotional response and reaction of the individual while they're saying those words and put a emotional test score associated with their uh, believability through the process. So that if <laughs> someone's lying based on the dilation of your eyes and the inflection and whether or not you have dimples, don't have dimples, or wearing a shirt, not wearing a shirt, whatever the case may be, they're going to rate you different ways. And then now you finally made it past and you get to talk to the human. So for the first couple of years or so, I don't think I, – I think they may have an algorithm to help out with AI for that, but it's going to need some serious help. They're going to use it as a very loose tool to help um, uh, business pros make a decision. But as the more they use it, the more they, tw- they learn from it, the more they tweak it, and the more perfect, closer perfect it, it becomes. So the reason I like this is because it gets rid of the whole AI piece altogether all together and it kind of forces a human being to just sit there and listen to what these folks have to say but at some point we are going to get to where we are today with resumes and 
and and applicant tracking systems where you look for keywords and you look for all these different things. But you brought up something interesting now that AI should recognize facial like nonverbal cues to see if somebody's lying, which, again, it's not 100 percent perfect, but it kind of steers the hiring authority to make a decision one way or another. So I don't know, man. It's uh, I think as technology continues to evolve, we have to evolve with it with both its good points and its flaws. And just like everything else, we just have to accept it. So if you're going to be one of those, you know, to anybody listening out there who's just are going to go ahead and say, I'm not going to use this technology, dude, get ready. Get ready because I see this as the future. It's already here. Yeah, it's here. So you either hop on a train or you don't, right? You remember the big fight with HD disc and uh, Blu-ray. Blu-ray won that one. Where's HD disc? Nowhere to be found. Oh, Beta? You'll get, you get them ah. cheap. Well, <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. You can still find them cheap out there. Right. Next to Betamax, yeah. right? You find them there. And so, yeah, so hop on board, folks, because this is how technology is evolving. And this is what – that's what this generation is doing. Just imagine what the generation after that is going to do just to get a job. Yeah. You know what I'm hoping? I'm hoping that the conversations drop the buzzwords, drop the spin, drop the conjecture, drop the keywords. Just talk to me like a normal person using plain language. Thinking outside the box. What's the other right. one? Right. The other one that we used a couple of weeks ago. Striving to be the best. I don't know. Circle what, whatever. Circle of it. Yeah. All, all those <laughs> all those buzzwords and cliches. Drop them. If you, if you have a complex situation that you need to describe and you're going to paint that picture and lay out the scene and then you're going to tell me in regular plain language, I literally took this piece of data, imported it into Excel, I did this, and then I did that. You're like, break it down and make it simple, you know, or I can lift that hay bale and put it on that truck. <laughs> it's just a video of you doing it done dude this is great i'm telling you this a resume cannot cannot give you the information this right here can give you because this you can show proof to whatever you're talking about on a resume you just have to be an expert over that somebody is lying or giving you an academy award-winning performance exactly right here, you can actually see it dude I, jc i have an idea what let's 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 do a video resume made up of nothing but buzzwords <laughs> just, just buzzwords right? i'm in i am 100 percent in you you write me the script i'll record that later today yes. okay. i will I'm, I'm dead serious i will record that later today and, and and speaking of of resumes and interviews and and that kind of thing i did recently hear from a listener of the program uh-huh and it's uh someone that i knew and no i know them still but i i really knew them from the broadcast industry years ago, which okay. I have not returned back to in a while other than through HR talk. But this person is a avid listener. Okay. And one of the things that they told me, Brick, was they're a huge fan of the show. They love the synergy that we have. It's unbelievable how you and I have this connection and can communicate the way that we do. It's like we've known each other forever. Little do they know we, we have known each other forever. <laughs> so thanks for telling me you're an avid listener and you don't know that him and I have known each other for like 30 <laughs> friggin' years, but whatever. But they, they came out and openly admitted that this is the type of program, Rick, that they would love to pitch and upsell to the national network uh, through like NPR and stuff like that. So no. I says, yeah. So so I says, 
Hey, that's amazing. Look, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know that I know that space like no tomorrow. And I, I do miss that space. But, you know, some of the vulgarities, some of the jokes, some of the things and the length of the program are all things that are of concern. I emphasize to this person, look, we could very easily trim things back. We could still give you the magic. If you only want 28 minutes worth of magic, we could slide it in there. If you want me to give you 56 minutes worth, we could open that gently, and then we could insert that for you into the 56-minute slot. It's it's Even though it's bigger than 56, we could fit it in the 56. It'll just kind of like stretch it a little bit, you know? They agreed. Really? They thought it was a good idea. We're not scaling back in the vulgarity and the jokes and how we do things. Just the length. No, no, no. I mean, the vulgarity would have to change. But I, I don't know. There's there's things to consider there is, is what I'm getting at. So let me ask you this now. I want to extrapolate this discussion into okay. the TikTok video resume world, into your recruitment efforts, and into the culture of your mythical organization called bias code that's real that's not real that doesn't pay anyone but it's actually real but you pay yourself but you know you work with independent contractors a lot and those people don't get paid either but whatever it's okay (laughs) i love the look on your face right now so so say you're in the process of onboarding individuals you're trying to find that culture fit you're looking for something very specific. You come across that video resume or regular resume, and it's not the 100% exact fit. All the skills, the knowledge, the abilities, that's all there. What the person has done, what they can do, that's amazing over the top. It's there. Mm-hmm. But they're not 100% fit, kind of like the example I was telling you about HR talk. Ah, the little bit of the jokes and vulgarity go a little bit too far. Ah, it's just a little bit too long. Can can that be coached and brought in? Could you find a candidate on the tiki-taki using a video resume who's an 80% solution per your standards, an 80 to 90% solution, and coach the rest? I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Because I know I just said earlier that they have to sanitize their, their profile. Now. I'm going to answer the question in just a bit. Let me just get some thoughts out there from my head to the listeners. So am I naive enough to think that people don't have a little bit of a wild side? No, everybody does. Am I naive enough to think that everybody that comes through the door to interview and they put on this persona, that's who they really are at home? No, absolutely not. Everybody has, everybody puts on a face when they interview. Everybody does in one shape or form. Not everyone. So who doesn't? There was a, there was a fantastic HR person out of uh, Gainesville by the name of Karen who believed in radical candor and being yes. yourself. Yes. No, no. Well, I agree with her. I agree with her 100%. But th- this is, this is why I'm a little bit different. Because when you and I met Karen at uh, at um, Disrupt HR Gainesville 1.0, we had that amazing conversation. And, and, and she and I shared that same belief that in an interview, you should be yourself unapologetic regardless of what happens. If you do not get that job because of who you are, then that's not the job you're supposed to be in. Because if you put on a face, you put on a mask, 
in six months, you're going to relax a little bit and they're going to see a completely different uh, person, a completely different side of you that they were not aware of. So now that's going to make them feel a little, you know, some kind of way. But from it, where, where, where she and I agree, it's 100% of the time is that is be yourself. Don't, don't be too out there neither, right? Because if you, if you being yourself means you're a bigot and you're a racist, like, yeah, you, you, you've got bigger issues than not getting a job. You got other things going on there, but, um, it kind of goes hand in hand with what we're talking about with these videos and then sanitizing your, uh, your, um, uh, profile. Because I know earlier I said I do look at people's profile. Now, if I see people partying and twerking, is that something that I'm not going to hire them for? No, not really. Depends. Actually, depends on the position. Because if I'm recruiting, if if I'm helping a church, a Catholic church, recruit for a front desk person, and then this front desk person has videos of themselves doing all kinds of crazy things, doing drugs, doing all these things, yeah, I'm not going to hire them. But if it's something that has got nothing to do with the job, like a call center manager, I don't care. I don't care at all. Everybody has the wild side. Everybody has that side of themselves that they like to hide from 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 the from their professional world, so they can go ahead and and just do the job. Go ahead, JC. Not librarians. Librarians do not have a wild side. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I yeah, I'll I'll stay shut. I'll stay shut. No, but anyway, um, so you know what? That's a great point that you bring up, JC, because this video that we just saw from this marketing person, if she was going to uh, – if she was applying to work at a library, I don't think the library is going to go for that. I don't think they would. Now, it, because if for somebody to work at a library, I don't think you should be that loud. Not that she was loud, but she had the proper energy to convey the skills that she has for the, for the marketing position that she's looking for. I guess what I'm saying is, is that – Whatever you're applying for, whatever you wanted to put yourself out there for, just make sure whatever else you do on your profile matches what your lifestyle is that coincides with that company that you're looking to work for, right? That's what you need to do. You got to suck it up, bucket, bucket up. <laughs> I can't even say that. Right. <laughs> Folks, for, for you guys not watching this, JC held up, uh, held up a sticker from our friend, uh, Wendy, the HR lady sellers that says, suck it up, buttercup. And uh, I try to be all smooth and try to include it into my little monologue, and I screw that up too. Oh, what a Sunday so far, JC. You're, what are you packing? You're packing something. Are you leaving? No, 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 no. I was oh, um, listening to everything you were saying. Hey, um, talking <laughs> about hiring people and talking about missing the mark, right? I went to get my coffee today. You, I'm going to talk about a problem that you don't have down there in Florida and some listeners across the country or outside the country, may not have the same problem. Other people definitely do. Definitely do. Okay. So I went to get the coffee today. Very kind worker. Very, very great worker. Um, took my order. Did what they had to do. Okay. Just getting coffee. Maybe a donut or two. Not rocket science. Cordial. Super sweet okay. and kind. All's good. Happy, happy. Out the door. Hand my cash instead of using the card. Get cash in return. As well as coin. Okay. And while you're just talking, I'm looking at the coin. And it's a Canadian quarter. The Canadian quarter is currently worth 20 cents. So instead of giving me 25 cents back, I got the equivalent of 20 cents. So I could hang on to this and maybe in the future it'll be worth much more money. But I got shortchanged with the Canadian money once again. Happens all the time around here, man. 
So, so I, you're holding it up so I can see. So obviously you kept it. Did you engage in conversations? As Dude, a, no, as like I literally just found it while we were talk, while you're talking in the last clip. I reached in my pocket. I was like, "What? What is this? Oh, it's a Canadian quarter." Ah, I'm just saying. Would you engage in conversation to to teach him a lesson? Like, hey, this is not an American quarter. This is a Canadian quarter. Oh yeah, I, I, everybody would. If you saw it right okay. away, you'd be like, "Oh no, 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 no! I want a regular one." <laughs> you <laughs> give know me, what? Give me Hold the on. other one. I got a question for you. Yeah, shoot. We've been doing this for ages we've yeah. been doing this since 2018 17 2018 and almost without missing a beat every time we're about to fire this up you and i have a conversation via a um a whatsapp to say hey what time are we going on what are we doing what are you talking about yeah you almost always say the same thing you say cool i'm gonna step out get some coffee i'll be back and I'll fire up the uh, the the studio which begs the question do you own a coffee machine i do why do you always step out to get coffee? Treat myself. Before oh. the show, treat myself and um, get get a different blend, maybe something a little special, you know, okay. and then head on into the program with a newfound look on life. Yeah, man. In a quarter. Just totally crazy, though. One dollar in American right now. One U.S. dollar is equal to one dollar 24 cents in Canada. But like you can't even go over the borders still. They're shut down and and the lockdowns are still in effect. Are they they've, really? Yeah, they've got a lot of bad stuff going on. A lot of craziness wait, wait, wait. going on, on over there. Past happening? You can't drive over to Canada still? Oh no, borders closed. Can't go. It's been over a year. Very very crazy. Talking about crazy things that are happening around wow. there. I do have some crazy news. This does go back just a little ways, but I want to yeah. bring it up and share it because it's very very important especially thinking about uh, the time that we've spent over the past couple of years in Melbourne, Florida, for that Space Coast HR conference. Yes. Florida Tech, Florida Tech did officially receive funding in a new state budget for high-tech equipment for a very special project. The Florida Tech Project Central to the Sunshine State's identity and economic strength that will boost STEM and manufacturing education through cutting-edge technology, received a critical funding in the 2021-22 budget thanks to efforts of legislators and the final approval by Governor DeSantis. The university will receive $2 million for biomedical aerospace manufacturing, otherwise known as BAM. <laughs> BAM. Say it. BAM. BAM. BAM Specialized Equipment Project and, and just approved the spending plan. The project focuses on an area of great importance to Florida. The ability to help students and businesses community compete and succeed in the high-tech economy. We thank Governor DeSantis and our legislators for empowering Florida Tech to move forward with the impactful endeavor. Now, the BAM initiative helps secure cutting-edge equipment for Florida Tech's new Health Sciences Research Center, and its Center for Advanced Manufacturing and Innovative Design, creating availability across university programs for the biomedical, aerospace, and manufacturing sectors. Florida industry demands a workforce with relevant education to support evolving economic conditions. Representative Randy Fine was proud to sponsor the legislation and applauds Governor DeSantis for supporting Florida Tech's efforts to provide critically needed STEM skills in the state. Question, Rick. You're an employer in Florida. You hear about something like this right around the corner. You are trying to hire people left and right. You can't get enough skilled people in the door right now to get the work done. 
People are literally moving across the country to take these jobs and start a brand new life with bright eyes and a brand new focus. At what point, from a recruiter perspective, do you go deeper into someone like this this uh, this school here and maybe start to work apprenticeship programs and or skip the whole resume video tutorial process <laughs> that we started with talking about and face this from a different perspective? So. I was going to make a joke and say, oh, just go on TikTok and go through their uh, video profiles. But, you know, it, it's a, this is a really good question, JC, uh, for, for, for this particular reason. It's a good question because as recruiters in general, we, we tend to look at the most efficient way of finding the best candidates. And, and I'm talking in general. Take a step back, 10,000-foot view, looking down. Um, we're okay give or take a few points, we're okay in the possibility of getting a few bad hires if we can get mostly good hires. So I'll get to your question here in just a bit. I just feel like I have to lay down this groundwork. So what I mean by that is, is that we tend to focus too much on things being efficient, and we don't focus nearly as enough time in the quality of a hire, regardless of how long that takes. So since, since a recruiter, for example, let's say a recruiter from Amazon or a recruiter from Google, they have so many applicants that they need to have those things in place. They don't have time to spend five minutes on a, on a resume when, I, a, a, in general, a recruiter spends about nine to 15 seconds. They don't have the time to really take a deep dive into these resumes to see if they're going to hire the right person for the right job. But if they're smart, they'll take a step back. And they'll figure out a way how to put a program together. Well, they bring somebody in at a much lesser value, less skill set, and you mold them from the ground up. That way you build your talent. You don't have to buy it. You build it. And if you can create some kind of a relationship with a, with a, uh, with a uh, school down the street, some kind of a relationship with uh, you know, just, just, just any kind of entity, higher, higher learning entity, your community, you will be able to to build that talent. Read example. When I used to work for Transform Home Improvements, um, I was over the recruiting function for HVAC techs. Nationwide, we've had a huge issue with getting in qualified HR techs because just you know they just could we couldn't find the the talent. Did we find people willing to work? Absolutely. Were they qualified? No. We were paying thirty five, forty bucks an hour in some areas. So what we decided to do is, you know what, let's focus on these schools. Let's build a relationship with these with these tech schools. Let's let's go in, buy lunch, buy breakfast, get to know them, yeah. attend graduation and then say, you know what, your your top five uh, graduates, send them over to me. I'll give them an apprenticeship. Even then, you're middle of the class. Bring them in as well. And we'll get them to the top of the class within our organization. But some recruiters, some you know what? I'm not even going to put this on recruiters. Some HR departments are not willing to do that. Why? It costs money. It well, costs well, money. Doesn't, and it's very doesn't turnover cost money? Well, that's what I'm doesn't saying. Doesn't recruiting right? cost money? Right, right. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. So it, it it's it's. I really think this is why JC. It is crucial for any any organization. Any higher or learning organization that has an HR, bachelor's of HR, or master's of HR, they need. There has to be a cross, I guess, cross um, 
cross teachings into the MBA program because we got to take a look at marketing. We have to take a look at uh, finances. We have to take a look at how to think outside the box, how to think like an entrepreneur to make sure that we get in the right people that we need. That's very unconventional. Or, and or, relationships just a way to do it. Or maybe you have someone in the community. Maybe you have a candidate that's come to you that has great potential. You see that potential within them. You want to cultivate that potential and you now have the opportunity due to your relationship to help provide them training, education, guidance, and a roadmap to their future. You get to help develop the culture. Maybe they don't have the degree you're looking for. You get to bring them in the door, make them part of your team, but you're also in conjunction with that school, helping them get the education to advance and hopefully propel within your organization. Or if they move on, they move on. So be it. JC, we're in the middle of a shift and nobody's noticing. We're in the middle of a huge shift in HR, in business, in education, and nobody is noticing. And the shift is we're slowly, every year, we're slowly getting away from, from the necessity of a college degree to really be successful in America today. We're getting away from that. Shit, last night I was playing Call of Duty. Call, yeah, whatever. I was playing Call of Duty last night, right? And as I'm playing, I see I'm playing against these 12, 15 year olds that are kicking my behind. JC, you and I were in the Marine Corps. We shot M203 grenade launchers. We shot M16s. We shot howitzers. We've written it in helicopters to and from Spain. And these kids are kicking my behind. And ah. some of them are making millions and millions of dollars streaming their content because America today values that kind of entertainment over education. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah you, what, you need to tape something to your video screen for your sites and your pointer. I've, I've seen that video. I guess it works. What do you mean? Yeah, like those little teeth cleaner things, the plastic things with the little hoo where you clean between your teeth, you know? Floss, okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 the flosser things. People yeah, yeah. literally tape them to the screen, and then that's their target. So then what? anywhere, yeah, anywhere that they turn, they're just, anytime something fits within the the scope of the uh, little flosser, they're just blasting so, like, people Literally, away. physically, on the screen, you yeah. tape it, yeah, wherever it needs to be. Actually on your makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that actually makes sense. I'm going to try that tonight. Hey, Thank you. Well, while you're talking about education here, there's a huge story out of the Florida News Times regarding Florida Institute of Technology. When you're ready, I'll get there. Just, 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 just let me feel, because I, it's it's really important that our listeners hear this, or business owners and our HR folks listen to this very carefully. There is a shift. It is happening. About 50 years ago, if you went to college and you graduated, you got to return that in the, on that investment. That invest that return, that ROI is much smaller now than what it was that, that, uh, 20, 30, 40 years ago, um, just simply because there's different ways to gain education. I'm not saying getting a college education is a bad investment. It, it is a good investment. It's just not as a good investment today as what it was 50 years ago because, again, you've got kids who are not even old enough to buy Year, not old enough to buy, old enough to drive, that are making millions of dollars because there is value in attention. In America today, attention is what generates income, what generates revenue. So they found a way how to generate that attention. So I guess what I'm saying is, is with with these resumes, these video resumes, and all these things, it's 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 all a marketing play with everything else. So. What you have to do 
as an individual looking for a job, figure out what's valuable, figure out what your skill set is. If you have that skill set, go ahead and gain that skill set, whether it's dancing, whether it's putting things together or just, you know, just you're a marketing genius. Just make sure that you focus on the values that you need from your organization as an HR professional and, and, and not just focus on the degrees, not just focus on the certificates, because all those things are are things that they said they can do, but what you need to be looking for is how they're going to use it for your organization. That is what you, the recruiter, HR person, business owner, need to be looking for. Well, we have the applause going. Big shout out and kudos going out to our HR friends in the Tampa Bay area. Our HR friends with the Tampa Bay Lightning for their oh, recent, uh, yes. recent Stanley Cup victory there. Big kudos going out. Names shall not be named, but we know who you are. And and we know you I like us and we it. like you as well. And look, that's huge. Oh. You know, that that's huge. Big kudos to you. Only so many people could actually be world champions, and, and that's you at the end of the Three day. Three years in a row. Three years in a row. Crazy, right? Talk awesome. about building a culture. Yeah, right? So talking about cultures as well, out of Melbourne, Florida, Florida Institute of Technology. It was on the first list from Fortune, a magazine that ranks the top online MBA programs. The magazine invited them to participate in more than 200 online MBA programs, and the program was ranked using four factors. Program score, Fortune 1000 score, brand score, prestige score. The Florida Institute of Technology ranked 95th in the world and was one of four Florida schools on the list. In 2020, recruiters reported that they would pay the top MBA graduates a median salary of $115,000, which is 70% more than the salary paid to the top bachelor's degree winners. Fortune... I said when I was introducing the ranking, the MBA is not only alive, but prosperous. The Fortune ranking joined the host of recent admiration for the Florida Institute of Technology's online business program. U.S. News and World Reports, the best online bachelor's program in 2021. The Princeton Review Top 50 online MBA programs and the list of great business schools in top online cybersecurity MBA programs. For more information on the Florida Institute of Technology Online MBA program, visit floridatechonline.com. Amazing things happening right around the corner from you in Central Florida. Or rather, in the Space Coast area. That's right. It's uh, Speaking of which, we have to check on the studio over there, the A1A Space Coast Beachfront property. We got to check on that here pretty soon. Um, How did a 15,000 starting for an MBA, huh? On is average, it, according to Fortune. Has that gone down? People are dropping that same amount of money for an MBA. Like the same amount of money. So it just proves what I'm talking about as far as the the return on investment is lower now than what it was back then. JC, okay, so when I decided to go for my um, for my uh, uh, master's degree, this was 2008. No, 2007, 2008. And I was looking at different schools. I was either I, I was I really had my eye on law school. I was really thinking about law school. I was going to go to a FAMU uh, law school in downtown Orlando. And uh, when when I started looking into it, they have very strict rules about what you need to do um, to become a student. 
they make you sign an agreement, not a contract, but an agreement to say that you're not going to have a full time job if you are married or have other commitments that I mean, they didn't verbalize this way, but they just want you to focus 100 percent of school. Which makes sense, right? Because they don't want too many people dropping out or failing because then it looks bad in the school. They want to have a good success rate. Um, but then I was going to pay like $155,000 for a, a law degree. At that point in time, an attorney who just got their wings going into – because it, it's the legal field at that point in time was really saturated. So if there's a lot of attorneys going into the field – the value of 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 that attorney is going to be you know pretty low, um, depending what kind of school you go to. Anyway, so I guess what I'm saying is I saw way too many attorneys going in there. I wasn't in the mood to sign that that agreement. I didn't want to pay that much money to just what, start out making eighty ninety thousand dollars a year, and then I'm not even to make a partner yet. So I decided to go against it and just go over to um to uh, just get the masters in HR. But you know what? That was about 12 years ago. I, I guess today, I mean, it's look, we have a lot of uh, lawyer friends that are that are that are friends of the show and, and they're doing extremely well because they're really smart and they know how to how to they know how to conduct business. They know how to get business and they know a lot about their field to where their services are extremely valuable. But me, the, de- the decision I made back then, I just decided to go the other way. Looking back at it, I'm still glad that I did what I did, but I'm still I'm still making the point that I am making right now that it doesn't matter what kind of degree you have. It doesn't matter what kind of certificate you have. What matters is how you how, how you put it into play. How do you put it to use? And this is what I really want our recruiters to fully understand. Yes, put your candidates through a rigorous process to make sure they are the right people, the right talent for your organization. But make sure you're measuring the right thing. Measure education and measure what behaviors you need for your organization, and you have to come up with that process. Now, whatever you do for candidate A, you got to do for the rest of the alphabet. So you got to make sure that you're really consistent and you're fair about how you dish out that uh, that test, how you dish out that comprehension analysis. But, dude, it, it's it's I want to see where education, quote unquote, is going to look like in the next 20 years. I really want to see that because I don't know if we're going to see the schools, the higher level educations. I don't think you're going to see them as prevalent as they are today unless they adapt and overcome and they start and they start doing different things. UCF, not, I'm sorry, not UCF, FSU, Florida State University, as soon as the uh, college football gods or college sports gods decided to allow employees or players to get money for their branding for their marketing while they're in college. As soon as they says, yes, you can do that. FSU jumped on that bandwagon and they said, we're going to offer brand management classes for, for athletes. We're going to put up, 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 put on marketing classes, business classes, finance classes, imaging classes, brand imaging classes. And see, they're jumping on that wagon and they are becoming the tip of the spear because other organizations are going to have to do that same thing. I guess what I'm seeing here, JC, is if you're just like this uh, TikTok uh, resume video stuff, you always want to make sure if you really want to be at the forefront, you have to be at the forefront and you really should do just just jump on it right now. Take that risk because other organizations are taking a step back to see what happens to see if somebody else messes up and they can learn from their from their mistakes. FSU is going to get a lot of uh, 
a lot of people to sign up for those classes. And um, it's so I guess that's what I'm saying, JC. What I'm saying is, is that make sure you jump on that forefront with technology. Don't fight the the evolution. That's going to happen regardless. And what's going to determine whether you're on the train or not is if you jump on board or not. So that's what I'm saying. Strong words <laughs> by a strong man. Ricky Baez. Let's let you see life from another perspective. They can expand the mind and awareness. These are inspirational quotes. Let's kick you back. In general, there are no dumb people and there are no smart people. Either you are enthusiastic and fanatical about a subject, or you're just not motivated. That's the difference. Ricky Baez, quote of the week right there. Embrace it. Love it. Enjoy it. Current events this week brought to you in part by uh, Biasco.com. What's the Biasco. name of the website? Com. Good Lord, dude. Biasco.com. Jesus Christ. We've been doing this for years. <laughs> I still have a hard... How do you spell that, though? I, I, I tried going there last week, and there I put a K oh, at Biasco. It's a C. This right here... This right here should oh, be your boy. video your video resume. You can't even type in a website properly. <laughs> Go ahead. Jitterbug keyboards, let me tell you. They'll get you every time. This first story is from Inc.com. Elon Musk has a no-a-hole policy at SpaceX, and it's a great example of who you should hire and fire. Spotting toxic work behaviors may safeguard against a hostile work environment. Okay. That's it? Yeah, he's got a no-a-hole policy. When it comes to hiring and promoting people of simple but revolutionary ideas taking hold in the ranks of the organization, in the ranks of management, the no a-hole rule. Organizations just shouldn't tolerate the fear and loathing that these jerks leave in their wake. (laughs) Elon Musk's no a-hole rule. Soon after it became in vogue for startup founders to a To adopt the rule to ensure culture fit, Elon Musk, the billionaire CEO, the guy in charge of SpaceX and Tesla, he was one of them. In a 2008 interview on Henry Ford's Innovation Nation, interviewer Barry Hurd asked Musk, what do you look for in someone? He replied saying, generally, I look for a positive attitude and that they're easy to work with and people are going to like working with them. It's very important to like the people that you work with. Otherwise, life and your job is going to be quite miserable. And in fact, we have a strict no a-holes policy at SpaceX. And we fire people if they are. I mean, we give them a little bit of warning. But if they continue to be an a-hole, they're fired. Good. Good. SpaceX president, uh, SpaceX president Gwen Shotwell, who joined the startup when it was founded by Musk in 2002, stressed the no a-hole work policy in a recent Business Insider article. Quote, these kinds of people, a-holes, interrupt others. They shut down or co-op conversation. They create a hostile environment where no one wants to contribute. Mm -hmm. Boy, 
If I had a dime for the amount of uh, Teams meetings where you just shut up, because yeah. yeah, you will need to attend Teams meeting because you have the money you need to survive. <laughs> right. Wow. Uh, deflecting responsibility, casting blame, procrastinating, gossiping, shaming behavior. All things to look out for. Employees under the threat of a hostile environment by a-holes, they can fight back by partnering with HR advocates and champions at the highest levels of the organization to implement their own no-a-hole rules, generate awareness of the problem, boldly speak out against a-holes, and create positive, sustainable culture changes. The no-a-hole policy is SpaceX. Ricky Baez, what are your thoughts? I would love to go to their new employer orientation to see how they communicate that no a-hole policy. And what does it entail? What is considered an a-hole? Where's the difference between being passionate and being an a-hole? They have to explain that, right? Because I've been in some business meetings where we're trying to come up with a process or solve an issue. And people get passionate for one side or the other. So it's it's important to understand what is that difference between passion and being an a-hole. So passion, when you are so focused on getting the right answer that you keep pushing back only, only to move the conversation forward, to fully understand the opposing view, that is passion. Being an a-hole is you putting the other person down who's bringing you that other point of view. Being an a-hole is for you to formulate your argument, your counterpoint, to put that other person down, not the content, the person. So I guess from my perspective to me, um, how you break that up and you communicate that better so people understand that difference is whether you're talking about the process or the person. How you make somebody feel is crucial. And how they feel when, you, when they walk away from your conversation is crucial. If I feel like I was belittled, you're an a-hole. But if I feel like my ideas were shunned away, but I understand why, then you're not an a-hole. I just have to take a look at the ideas a little bit differently. I don't know. What do you think? I'm reaching the point where I have no thoughts. Really. I'm I'm like literally hitting this brick wall of maybe I just need a sabbatical and, and farm some land for a year or two. Like I swear – I swear, man, I gotta it's, be it's crazy because like a lot of what we talk about, about evolution and, and culture change and fit and, and and fixing things, it's it's not universal across the board. It takes a lot for an organization to step up and change. And sometimes uh, you just burn out, man. You know, sometimes uh, an environment can get you. That's all. So, so all right, I got to say this, bro. I do. And uh, it, it's this kind of rubs me the wrong way, so just bear with me. I get sick and tired of talent being pushed down. I really am, right? Because I know what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. But I, I what you just said there, that you say, you know what? I've just got nothing else to say because I keep hitting that wall. Right now, you don't work for me. But if you work for me, I will stop everything that I'm doing, JC. Everything that I cancel, all my meetings, we're going to go to lunch. We're going to have a conversation because I need to understand why that's happening. Because if it's happening to you, it's happening to everybody else across America in the organization. So to me, that should ring alarms 
to any entrepreneur, any business leader, any leader of any organization, if your employee says some shit like that, it should ring alarms. And you should stop what you're doing and figure out exactly what's going on. Because if you decide not to do that, if you decide to gaff that off, what's going to end up happening is that is going to spread like wildfire. You know, that potluck last or, week. Or it already it, has. <laughs> it well, already has. Saying, and it's right? so rampant that you, you, it's over. You know, it's, but here's the thing, right? People think or leaders think that if you buy bagels for the office last week, all right, that's that right there. That is the check the box definition of the greatest place to work on Earth. No, no, you've got to talk to your people. And the last thing you want is for your talent that you're paying for, by the way. You're giving them an annual salary. The worst thing you can do is not to stop and listen to what they have to say because that tells them you really do not give a crap about about them being there. Yeah, but a lot of talent are fearful to even talk. You know That's exactly what problem. I'm talking about, I, man. I know what you mean. And you're not wrong. You're 100% right. But this is where leaders need to really listen and then those to that. that those that do choose to chime up or, or chime in or whatever, it it sometimes doesn't turn out good either. You know, you, you just reach a point where it's just you're fried. I, I concur with you 110 percent. There's there's great opportunities to do good things and evolve a culture and 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 submerge yourself into trying to fix a problem by actually paying attention to people around you. But at the end of the day, it it, it is Can what it is. Can we role play real quick, sure. right? Yeah, go I'm ahead. your boss, right? You're going to give me an idea that you have that, that uh, for the organization that's a little bit controversial. Shoot. I think we should pay the face of the franchise. <laughs> the guy on the cover <laughs> art, the guy that used to do all the reads and come on the show, oh, and now he guard. doesn't come on the show anymore because you won't pay him actual money. Like, we should pay him something and say thank you. <laughs> oh, you, you, you caught me off guard with that one. <laughs> Love your face. All right, let's start over. <laughs> that was my great idea. Okay, yeah. All right, you know what? See, you I'm know, already no. getting shot down. I'm burnt out. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. No, we're not going to do right. it. Uh, uh, no, no. Here's why. We got no money. Yes, we he, do. We have Canadian no. money. Let, you know what? Let's it costs go a lot further. less American. Let's go to South America and get what kind of other currency that has a high number below value. Oh, Venezuela's got a lot of money for us to use. Don't do that. Don't do that. What? It's a great currency. They're Very hurt. good. They are hurting. Yeah, they're hurting world. bad, man. Yeah, well, same bad. as Haiti. Haiti's hurting, though, too. But uh, with your role play real quick here, because we do have another news article. Please continue. No. Well, well okay. So, look. So forget the role play then. What, what I was going to do is when you're as a leader, if somebody's bringing All right, up I got a great idea for issue. you. I got a great idea. We should <laughs> we should work closely with uh, Florida Institute of Technology to find recruits and bring them in. We don't have time for that, JC. We don't have time for that. I'm sorry. We don't have time. I need you to recruit. I need you to go to the amp applicant tracking system. Right. I just I need you to go ahead and put in these keywords. But I, and I want to just make sure that we fill that rec for we, next week. Can you do that? Yes or no? Can, we, can you do that? Yes yeah, or no? Well, it's already done. Oh. It's either, oh, it's done? Yeah. Then why are we having this conversation? Uh, thinking about the future, about? trying to fix uh, the future. Oh, your future? Because it's, it's, it's about to be really short if you keep bringing, if you keep bringing up these bullshit at, it's, uh, ideas. That's, what, that's exactly what's going to happen. Next. No, but if you ask that again, as a good business leader, I would just shut up, listen to what you have to say, and if... I, I'm walking off. 
Kessel. Hey, hey, JC, while you're walking out, can you sweep up the gravel? We're not supposed to have that in the hallway. See ya. <laughs> no, that's what would happen if you got the means to do so. But if I think you don't have the means to do so, you'll come back tomorrow. Why? Because you need a paycheck. Exactly. That's an a-hole way to think about it. It really is. Instead, if you just sit, sit back, listen to what you have to say. And you know what? Let me take it one step further. I won't interject. I'm not going to ask you any questions. I'm going to say, you know what? I like your idea. How about put together a business case? I'll get all the stakeholders together, and we'll have a presentation in a couple of weeks where you're able to present this to them, and then we're going to have some questions for you. What do you think about that? I think there's an opportunity there. Oh, that's what you need to do. Listen to what, to what they have to say. Listen to them. As long as they feel like they're part of of the solution of whatever problem you have, as long as their job has a direct connect to whatever bottom line is for that organization, you're going to create brand and employee loyalty. And if you do that, people are not going to leave you for a mere $10,000 more a year that somebody else has offered. Because again, and I've said this a thousand times before, because they find the culture at your organization is just that much more valuable. You can't put a price tag on that. You really can't. So listen to your people, folks. All right, go ahead. New stories. I'm off my soapbox. Wrong soapbox, by the way. Hold me. Shit. Your next story is coming to us here from ChiefExecutive.net. This was published by Paul Caligiri, doctor in oh. culture, oh, do, PhD in culture, retention, strategy, and talent management. That's a very refined doctor right there. Wow. Yeah, very refined. Reclaiming culture after the Great Reset. Things feel different in the world of work these days. Hmm. Some employers are enthusiastic about the return to an office, while many others are less willing to give up their freedom and flexibility, even though they recognize that working in the same office has benefits. The Great Reset, quote unquote, as he titles it, during the COVID pandemic gave employees time and space to give greater attention to their personal priorities. Time with family a move to the country, a new career, a puppy, whatever. (laughs) Off the treadmill of long commutes, structured work and lunch on the fly, employees enjoyed a greater sense of autonomy. As a result, roughly one-third of employees report that they want to change jobs this year. Hire for those expected to return to five days in the office every week. Try these intentional approaches to build and reclaim your corporate culture. Focus on the virtual behaviors of corporate culture. Actively assess your company's desired organizational culture and ask, what are the employee behaviors that are critical for success? Rethink onboarding. Mm. Greater Mm. turnover means more new hires. If your new hires will be working from home on some or all days, They will have fewer reinforcements of the expected behaviors. In this case, remote onboarding will need to be more powerful and more memorable. Communicate authentically, clearly, and repeatedly. Communicate authentically, clearly, and repeatedly. Let's be careful with that. Communicate authentically, clearly, and repeatedly. Yeah, we get it. Stay consistent. Repeatedly. Stay (laughs) consistent. (laughs) Repeatedly, 
Ensure your leaders have cultural agility without a daily reinforcement of organizational culture. Your employees will have a weaker connection to the expected norms and corporate values. Creating a stronger corporate culture post-pandemic will require leaders with cultural agility. Those who can use persuasion, motivation, and modeling to tighten the corporate culture again. They use some very key buzzwords right there. Let's, let's review those again. Use persuasion, motivation, and modeling. So basically, mirror the attitude and inflection and demeanor and style of your employee and then lie to them. That sounds like a resume. <laughs> right. It does. That. Right. Right. It really does. Uh, it states that your corporate cultures can be reclaimed. You can reclaim the return. And we need to ensure leaders have the cultural agility to make it happen. Paula Caligiri, she's a DeMore McKim School of Business Distinguished Professor of International Business at Northeastern University and President of Tasca Global, a consulting firm. It specializes in assessing and developing culturally agile professionals. And she also has a book. Stop by chiefexecutive.net to read this article and well as many others that are there. Once again, this is titled Reclaiming Culture After the Great Reset. She officially dubbed the pandemic the Great Reset. Back to you. That, that I mean, <laughs> we're seeing it. We're seeing it in my, in my entire career, in my life. I've never seen anything like what's happening right now. Never seen it. Normally, people go on strike because of unfair working conditions or pay. And people are just – they're not going on strike. They're just leaving, <laughs> which I find fascinating, right? Because I find fast because it's – I think, what, April? Four million people walked out of a job? Four million people walked out of the job. Either that's four million people who have something else locked on or they have some savings or four million people who say, screw it. Let's just roll that dice. Either way – Either way, it should scare business owners. And I said, I said this last year, telecommuting is the future. It really is the future. Pre-pandemic, we didn't know. It was all a theory whether productivity would go up and down. But it's been proven that collectively it went up 37%. 37%. So now business leaders have no reason not to let our, uh, um, uh, employees continue to work from home when they actually were, other than I just don't trust you. So what message does that send? Now, on the opposite side of that coin, if there is a company that says, hey, I want you to come back into the office and you fight that tooth and nail, why? Just leave then. That's their, that's their rules. That's their business. So you just have to leave. If you don't leave, then maybe you're now one of those four million people who's got something else locked on. So you have to decide what you want to do. But to me, JC, what I value the most is the flexibility to do so. Because I'm not a big fan of working from home, to be honest, because I'm an extrovert. I like talking to people. I like getting out of the house and feel like I did something. I know not, not everybody is like that. Um, so I like to have that option. For example, these next couple of weeks, I'm going into the office because uh, it's uh, I like it. I like my new office. It's really nice. It's right in downtown Orlando. Um, it's got some, it's, a, it's just a cool area to work in versus where I've been stuck in for the past four years over at home. So yeah, at the end of the day, people... You have to pick. Go ahead and pick. But I find these numbers really, really interesting. Four million in April. I don't know what it is in May, June, or July, or what the next this this next 
a few months until the end of the year is going to uh, to look like. But the big reset, you damn right it is. And we're going to look – it's your kids and my kids, when they're graduating college uh, in the next 10 years or so, they're going to look back at this time to to research it, to dissect it, to prevent this from happening again in the future, JC. Mark my well. <laughs> big reset. <laughs> I'm telling you. We, we we are on the precipice of of things we we don't even and don't even know and understand. You know, when when you think about the potentials of what some leaders and not business leaders, political leaders are across the globe stating we are at the threat of a potential cyber pandemic that uh we haven't seen the worst of things yet, that there are more things to come that uh you know, there's there's Tests, cyber tests taking place on the security of the supply chains, which includes the digital technology that we all use to make sure that we continue to stay safe like we saw this past Friday. You know, there's there's a lot going on right now that that may lead to more in the future, man. So I I, what's that? What happened this past Friday? Did I miss something? You're serious? Yeah. Cyber polygon. Talk to me. Okay. Talk to me. All right. So Cyber Polygon, it's a annual online event uh, that connects various global organizations to train um, ultimately like their competencies and they, they, they share best practices and, and uh, they take a look at like the overall technological community and the way that things need to like get fixed or something like that. Um, Got it. They help build teams to thwart cyber attacks. Uh, they expand practical knowledge and uh, uh, develop like more enhanced skill sets and abilities for tech specialists. So there was like a massive meeting. Uh, the The World Economic Forum uh, supports them as well. Concept twenty twenty one. It's a secure approach to digital development, and it will determine the future of humanity for decades to come, is what they're titling it. And Cyber Polygon 2021 will enable the spectators and participants to improve on their cyber literacy and enhance resiliency of all organizations and learn to repel cyber threats on all levels. Their focus this year was like on the supply chain. Um, They had a a big agenda associated with the uh, online training and and the expert tracks and whatnot. There, there was a lot going on there, man. You know, um, so that was Friday from uh, twelve till six p.m. Uh, it was dubbed as a all day event, but six hours. <laughs> That's according to Moscow Standard Time, by the way, since it is a a unified global event, Cyber Polygon. Yeah, and, because no IT people wake up at six a.m. to go somewhere. Well, they I mean, work it's centralized on <laughs> Moscow time. You know. It's a uh, it's here's the quote, an international capacity building initiative aimed at raising the global cyber resilience and the expansion of intersectoral cooperation against cyber threats. Cyber polygon. Again. Mm. Dubbed Moscow time. So. Yeah, uh, there's there's things, man. There's there's things in the forefront. There's things that are going to happen again. You could change your culture. You could push your environment. You could do whatever you want. You can get people in the office. Let them stay home. Stay flexible. Don't stay flexible. Watch people come. Watch people go. At the, at the end of the day, there's going to be something else. There's something more. 
And no matter what, you got to be prepared for. I don't care if that's something else or something more is as big as like a cyber pandemic or if it's something uh, like a hurricane, a natural disaster. You got to be prepared for things. You just have to be prepared for the next step. And don't be an a-hole in the process, as Elon Musk says. That's all, (laughs) you know? Uh... (laughs) It's time for Florida Man Stories. Florida Man Stories, brought to you in part by this week, uh, Baezcon. Baezcon. The hell? What's the name of the website again? Well, it's called Biasco, but I think inadvertently you just created a Comic-Con for Biasco. Or or you and I have a new company coming. (laughs) All right. Drunk Florida man gets knocked over by Muay Thai kickboxer and MMA fighter Joe Schilling. A 31-year-old man from Fort Lauderdale named Justin Balboa was kind of (laughs) intoxicated, according to police, when he was at a bar and leaned into 37-year-old Joe Schilling. A 23-9 Muay Thai kickboxer and four and six mixed martial arts athlete who formerly competed in Bellator, the second largest MMA promotion in the country behind UFC, that is. To the hypnotic and joyous tune of the next episode by Dr. Dre, (laughs) featuring Snoop Dogg, Nate Dogg, and Corrupt. Schilling began walking away, but turned back around when Balboa appeared to initiate a confrontation. The Florida man then seemingly began to pantomime a strike. Before he could complete his motion, the well-trained lethal fighting force of Schilling reflexively landed a short right hook followed by a left, which knocked out the abrasive Florida man who works as a busboy at the local Outback. There is a Twitter video. Footage did emerge on Beyond Kickboxing. Should you desire to see it, Beyond Kickboxing, that's at Beyond underscore kick. Of the glory tournament champion, Bellator fighter Joe Schilling, quote, assaulting a man in a bar dispute. According to the reports from MMAfighting.com, Balboa, the Florida man, informed officers that he only wanted the incident documented in order to file a civil suit against the establishment. Additionally, the manager of the bar told officers that Balboa was extremely intoxicated and had possibly made a improper remark about the girlfriend or, or wife or maybe the girlfriend and the wife, don't know, of the male who had struck him, which caused the fight to escalate. The manager also noted that the Florida man is a regular customer who routinely causes problems at the establishment because he gets so hammered. I don't understand how anybody over the age of 30 would still be fighting over words like that. I I just don't get it. I mean, I don't know, JC, what do you think? I mean, somebody, if... If I'm at a store somewhere and somebody calls me or my son as something in name, yeah, I'm going to say something back. But to get physical, just walk away. I mean, is it really worth it? I mean, maybe in high school we would have thought differently. Maybe you and I and the Marine Corps, we definitely thought differently. But now now, now that we're established human beings that, that, that contribute to our different communities and society and to the HR world, I just don't see how people would would willingly put themselves in these situations where a story 
would come out on the HR Talk podcast as a Florida man story, mind you. Well, I think about it from the owner's, uh, from the establishment's perspective, though, too. If this is a longtime client customer, someone that comes in often gets intoxicated, you're already familiar with them, and sometimes they go a little bit above and beyond. At what, po- what point do you, uh, as a business owner, turn them away? Where's the Great responsibility question. of the business at, at a certain point in time? You've created an environment that uh, promotes this as well. So... I don't. You can't fault the fight. Some people can can go after the fighter of saying maybe he shouldn't have taken a shot or done what he did. But at the same time, like it's a natural defense reaction. But it's also a bar. So to the bar owner's defense, this is just like the nature of having a few drinks. People talk trash. So maybe the whole thing shouldn't have escalated. The whole thing's a mess. And you know the one root cause: alcohol. The title of it: Florida man. That's all. <laughs> That's what it is. That's all. That's all. No alcohol involved. No alcohol involved. Just Florida. (laughs) Hey, Ricky, final thoughts. Let's go around the room real quick. What do you got on today's episode here? So final thoughts. From my perspective, JC, for everybody out there listening, um, here's here's what I say. The big reset happened already. It happened already. We're not experiencing it. This is the aftermath of the big reset. So organizations, you you really need to take, take a good hard look at what your strategies are. Because remember, the strategies you have today, nine times out of ten, were created pre-pandemic. Pandemic happened that you was not ready for. Now you have to change up those strategies to deal with whatever the pandemic left behind. Think ahead on what your workforce is going to look like. The old rules, because I said so, is not going to work. The old rules is because because I said so, come back to the office, it's not going to work. You're going to lose people to organizations that are willing to trust their employees enough to continue to work from home. So either you're on that train to success or you're going to be left behind. It's up to you. You know, they've done studies, you know, and 60% of the time it works every time. <laughs> Sex Panther. Yeah. Is that what that was? Yeah. <laughs> hey, final thoughts over here. I, I think uh, universities and the people that work for them are pretty amazing in some of the work that they do. I think that uh, further promoting and, and looking into endeavors of entrepreneurial integrations um take it taking a look at ways that you could segue students into positions uh, without having to maybe get that formal degree all the way or something I, a lot of what we talked about a lot of what you mentioned earlier there's great stuff there things to be explored you know um past that i'm tired uh i'm burnt <laughs> out i i kind of i'm losing my heart in in a lot of what i do right now and, and that's just i'm tired man i'm tired but to that, a big kudos going out to uh, my private uh, sector business partner, separate from HR Talk here, uh, Five Star Productions up here in Buffalo, New York. My business partner, DJ Tommy Check. Tommy is officially getting married this next week. What? Yes. So a big, uh, big kudos going out to him and his uh, the DJ. Uh, he is, is he but someone <laughs> else is. It's kind of funny because he made he made all these premixes of of blocks of music and then another trusted independent contractor is moving in to play the music for the day and make sure it runs smooth, but he's playing the blocks of music that Tommy put together. So at the end of the day, the guy's like literally playing one or two songs. So the rest of it is just hit play and get paid. Yeah. That's pretty much it. All great people at the end of the day though. But yeah, I'm uh, wishing a huge bright future to, to him and his, his new bride to be Kristen, very great people, very good people. Um, I'll be emceeing the event as someone that's standing up in the wedding as well. So that'll be interesting. 
You know, okay. I'm thinking about wearing the Tony Robbins mic. You know, just <laughs> something hanging off my ear. Hat, yeah, yeah, yeah. With a hat, maybe I'll get a little ponytail. Run along as well. <laughs> Ricky, the rock star who just moved from Buffalo to Melbourne for a job in the industry down there, is flying back for this wedding. So it'll be kind of cool to uh, to hear from him. He's yet to connect with the face of the franchise either, but uh, it's, it's can... all just a small oh. world. Yeah, um, yeah, he's good people. He's good people. Yeah. End of the day, it's this whole journey, this whole thing, this whole advancement, TikTok resumes, building for the future, et cetera, et cetera. There's, there's good stuff there. I, I just really wish that more people could just be just normal. <laughs> just be normal. Just And when you meet someone who's authentic, just go with it. Like, don't question it. You know, you, you find someone genuine. Embrace that moment and, and have the conversation for five or ten minutes. And try not to tear them down or tear it apart because they don't fit the mold of what you feel should be genuine. And then you destroy the entire conversation and the potentials of, of let it be networking opportunities or finding the right candidates for jobs. Just be normal. Just be normal. You have a question, ask the question. If it doesn't go the way it's expected, that's fine. Just just be normal. That's that's all I got. Ricky, what are some of the best ways people can find us, please? Biasco.com. B-A-E-Z. CSE Charlie O is an Oscar.com. We are everywhere in social media. And download us from your favorite podcast platform. Give us a like. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. That's how you can reach us. Hey, yeah, over here, uh, we've got a few Friday chats coming up. We are going to have the Ooh. return of Jordan George to the HR Talk podcast. I'm going to be nice. reconnecting with him in a few weeks. We're also going to be talking to uh, Tracy Davidson, a fantastic professional who. You're going to be real excited to hear from. She is a professional coach as well. Not yet an author, but she's got some great stuff in the works. Um, and, and of course, this program every Sunday will be around. We'll be here. So look forward to working again with all of you. And uh, in closing, drive safe. Have a good night. And Ricky Baez, do you want to hear a song from DJ Tommy Check? I do. Ladies and gentlemen, have a have a good night. Drive safe. going out to our friends and family out there in Tampa Bay, that HR team out there. Congratulations on your Stanley Cup. Not to cross 
By the way, I am looking for a job in the radio industry, so if you like my voice and what I'm doing, bring it out there. I already put it on TikTok, crying out loud. Yeah, they actually they actually asked me to do a cameo in that, Rick. That was me. That was pretty cool. That was crazy, right? You need to put that on your resume on TikTok. Yeah, enough of that trash. <laughs> I'll catch you, man. Say something about margaritas or drinks or something, anything. Margaritas are drinks, and drinks are margaritas. They are interchangeable. They are. <laughs>